our Naperville Covenant Church vision speaks of being equipped and being equipped as disciples. And our strategic plan calls us to be going deeper as disciples. But our vision also points us outward. We have a vision that points inward to be equipped and to grow deeper in Christ. And it also is one that pushes us outward. So we talk about going deeper in Christ and further in mission. So as we look into a new summer or summer with, with new opportunities for ministry, as we look into a summer with new things to learn, with some existing relationships to strengthen with our friends at Alden and some new relationships to develop with our friends in the neighborhood and around Scott School. We are turning a corner this morning. We're building on this foundation of going deeper and we're looking towards what Christ would have us do. We're looking at who we are in Christ and what we're becoming and how we are letting Jesus transform us and it points us outward. It points us outward to how we will live, how we will serve, and how we will love as Jesus' followers. And so we are still talking about going deeper together, but now we're talking about going deeper into God's mission. And that's where we're headed today. As followers of Jesus, we have learned spiritual practices that are taking us deeper together in our life with him. That's where we've been these last weeks since Easter. But now we turn a corner from learning what God is doing in us to considering his mission through us. So we're going to look at that. First of all, we're going to ask, answer the question, mission, missions, missional, are they all the same thing? We're going to settle that one this morning. And then we'll look quickly at God's mission through us and to us and through us. Do you ever get confused about this mission, missional, missions thing? If you grew up in church, you probably heard the word missions with an S on the end. And if you grew up in a typical church, you had a committee, missions committee. You had Aries that you supported, mission Aries that you supported. You might have even been a church that not only had a map. How many had a church that had a map and it had yarn on it? Okay, yeah, there was a picture of the missionary and the yarn went to the, the country in the deepest, darkest place of somewhere that uh, that missionary served. Missions was often that. It was supported through the funds of a church. Sometimes we had local missions or we had home missions, but missions was always something out there that, that somebody else did and we supported and we, we heard about. That's missions, but then the word mission is different. Growing up in Northern California, mission to me was a street and a district in San Francisco, and it was something that we would visit that Spaniard, on, on field, field trips that Spaniards had built in the 1500s. A mission was a church. And then we heard the word mission was maybe used more by military, a strategic mission. Or then it began to be used more and more by corporates and corporate uh, culture and nonprofits. And we began to issue mission statements. It would be posted on shareholder reports. It would be posted in the, in the elevator as you rode up so you're reminded what the mission of that organization was. And then churches, of course, churches are always lagging about 10 years behind. And churches got into it. And churches started having mission statements. Only they weren't about over there and out there. They were about our overall purpose. And so a mission was what we do and our purpose. And it seemed a little bit different from missions out there. Different, it seemed. And then we started hearing about Al. Mission Al. Missional. And missional became a a popular adjective. And some might even say in church culture in the last 10 years, it's become sort of a a trendy adjective to use. Um, I used it actually nearly seven years ago when we first met when I was here candidating in September in the fall of 2009. I was asked about growth and I painted this picture of the difference between an attractional church and a missional church. An attractional church that tries to do a lot of cool things inside in hopes that it will attract people into the church where a missional church says, what are the opportunities God has for us out there? And so I used the trendy word seven years ago and and in some ways we've been pursuing that and as we got into our vitality process, we talked about becoming a healthy mission. Church. 
On Friday's um, A&E page in the Tribune, one of the headlines was, duh, with a D, the classic Chicago accent almost gone from TV and movies. And it talked about Dennis Farina being one of the last ones. And, that one, and it talked about somewhere that still is. That one guy, anybody watch Chicago Fire or Chicago Fire? And there's that one guy in Chicago Fire. That's for real. And he's from Naperville, actually. That actor's from Naperville. But it talked about how the, the accent is, is dying away. Uh, but the first attention that was given uh, through media to that accent was all the way back to the Blues Brothers. Remember, we're on a mission from God. We're on a mission from God. And then I found this meme uh, this week, too. We're participating in the Missio Dei. You know what Missio Dei is? It means mission of God. Missio Dei, the mission of God. Missio is a Latin word meaning having been sent. Missio, mission, means sent or sent one. And Dei, of course, is the name for God. God's whole nature is that he is the one who is sent into creation. He creates, he loves, he reconciles, and he sends his son Jesus to save and to redeem. And we are sent by Jesus to do the same thing and to do God's work. We have a mission. We are missional and all of the missions that we do. So yes, they are the same. Missio Dei. Missio Dei. The English Bible scholar N.T. Wright says this, that God's mission is simply putting the world back to rights. Reconciling, rebuilding. The mission of God is simply putting the world back to rights or the right place. God created human beings so that we might have fellowship with him and be faithful stewards of his creation, but then sin broke all of that. But the mission of God, the Missio Dei, continues now in the form of him reconciling us to himself, reconciling us to one another, and then bringing restoration and reconciliation to the world, putting the world back to rights. The mission of God, Missio Dei. And of course, Jesus is the center of that mission. We get a better picture of the mission of God when we consider Jesus' own mission statement. About a dozen of us met the last seven weeks and during the Sunday school hour and are beginning to read the book uh, When Helping Hurts. It got us to a good start. We're hoping to have a, a, a class that will draw others in this fall. Um, but chapter one of the book asks this question, why did Jesus come? Why did Jesus come? And the quick answer for those of us that have grown up in the church and Christian culture may often be, he came to die on a cross to forgive our sins so that we might have eternal life. True or false? Of course it's true. Of course, Jesus came to do that. But it's not the whole story, is it? Jesus didn't just come to die for our sins so that we might go to, uh, to heaven when we die. In fact, he gave his answer, and we heard it in this morning's scripture reading that Rose read for us. He says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then he said to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Jesus is reading from the prophet Isaiah. And he's directly connecting this prophecy of the coming Messiah, saying, and I am him. I came to do this. I'm the one you've been waiting for. The Missio God, Missio Dei, is taking place in Isaiah's promise, and here it is in your midst. Now his coming to bind up the broken heart and to set captives free includes dying for our sins. Yes, it includes atonement. And yes, it includes the promise of eternal life and the eternal kingdom. But so much more of the work of God's mission here and now is built into this mission statement of Jesus as well. He says, I am making all things new now. And he works through the agency of the church. Some of you read sometimes the Patheos, um, Patheos blog, and Pastor Mark Roberts had this post uh, in his blog. 
He refers back, he's on faculty at Fuller Seminary now, but he says, I rejoice in the fact that Irvine Presbyterian Church, where I pastored for 16 years, has had a long history of support of, for many missionaries. He's using the words here too, missionaries, who serve throughout the world. This church always cared deeply about missions, thank God. But at times we overlooked our own mission right on our doorstep. From God's point of view, Irvine Presbyterian Church was sent to Irvine, California to be a disciple-making community. We were sent to continue the ministry of Jesus, and here's a key phrase, to proclaim and to demonstrate, to proclaim and to demonstrate the good news that God's reign has come through Jesus and to invite people to be reconciled to God. If we supported missionaries without being missional ourselves, then we fell short of God's call to us. We support missionaries, but we have a mission to be missional in, our way, in the way that we live. We are on a mission from God. And as we go deeper as disciples and as we look outward, it is God's mission to us and God's mission through us. God's mission to us. How, 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 do we, how do we explain God's mission to us? Well, it comes in, a, uh, in one of the songs that we often sing during the Advent season. O come, O come, who? Emmanuel, God with us. God's mission is to be with us. He sends us love letters. God is first of all with us as creator. In Genesis 1 and 2, we see God creating all that is, bringing it all to life, creating you and me and forming the world around us and forming it for us. We are each uniquely created. Psalm 139 says he knew us before we were born. And Genesis also tells us that initially God the creator walked with humanity in perfect relationship. I remember as a little boy learning he walks with me and he talks with me. But that relationship, of course, we know was severely broken and destroyed by sin. So God is not only with us as creator, but he is also with us as redeemer. God still seeks us out. He still wants to walk with us. And so he sent his son, the sent one, having been sent, missio, missio day. He sends his son, Jesus, to be God with us, to forgive our sins, to redeem us. And what does it mean to redeem but to buy back? He buys us back by the blood of Christ. And he buys us back and he makes us new and he transforms us. And he does that to restore this relationship. God is with us also as sustainer. On a big scale, this means that God holds all of creation together. <clears throat> but on a personal, relational level, level, it's another word for the work of the Holy Spirit, isn't it? That the Spirit sustains us. The Spirit is the one who keeps us alive. The Spirit is the one who keeps us close to Jesus and empowers us and gives us hope and reminds us continually of the truth of who we are. That is God's mission to us as creator, sustainer, and redeemer. But then there is God's mission through us. <clears throat> All you need is love is the theme for our summer, for our outreach, for activities, for here in worship. We will look at the wonders of God's love for us, our love for God, our love for one another, and love for the least, the last, and the lost to whom he calls us to care for. All you need is love. We'll be looking at God's love in all kinds of ways over the next several weeks. But the most fundamental of starting places is that God is love. And because his very nature is love... He is the sent one. He is also, therefore, as a God of love, a seeking God. Our God is a seeking God. The story of Zacchaeus, 
Zacchaeus, the short guy. I like, he's kind of one of my favorite people in the Bible. And Zacchaeus is one who was a tax collector, and yet God was seeking him out. And he was curious, and God had put a curiosity into his heart. And so he comes to Jesus, and he turns his life around. He pays back uh, fourfold what he has taken away from people. And what does Jesus say at the end? He says, the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. The Son of Man has come to look for people like Zacchaeus and to look for those. He wants everybody home with him. God wants everybody home with him, even those who are farthest away. And he wants to work through us to meet people where they are and then to model God's love for them and draw them to a place of acceptance and trust. God is a seeking God, looking for the people that he loves to draw them home. That is part of his mission through us. Secondly, our God is a reconciling God. God desires to bring close those who are far away. God is a God who wants to to heal the things that keep us from from each other. God is a reconciling God. And you know what he invented as a place for that to happen? The church, the body of Christ. The community of Christ followers is where reconciliation ought to happen and be modeled and from which we move into a world and model reconciliation with others. Pastor David Swanson is pastor of New Community Church in Bronzeville. And David was here on Martin Luther King Sunday in January. He talked about reconciliation and how he talked about how it is intrinsic to the gospel. That to be rooted in the gospel means to be people of reconciliation. Not just the vertical reconciliation of us with God. That's essential and that has to happen. But it means then that we practice a reconciliation that goes this way too. In the book, When Helping Hurts, at the core of outreach that we do to, it needs to be at the core of the outreach that we do to help the poor. The whole premise of the book is helping the poor is not just alleviating material needs. That's part of it. But we all have a poverty of spirit of one kind or another. We need to build reconciliation and restore relationships at all different kinds of levels. We all have to be reconciled with each other, putting the world back to rights. We can't just stay with the safe and the familiar. We are all special. All people are special to God. All need reconciliation with God, and we need it with one another. And the only hope is in and through the gospel of Jesus Christ. We all need reconciliation, and many need healing. Our God, thirdly, is a healing God. We know this is true on an individual basis. We know that we pray for healing, and sometimes it happens, and we praise God for physical healing, and sometimes we know that physical healing doesn't happen, but we find that God is doing a work perhaps of another kind. We speak of healing, and we sometimes refer to the emotional hurts, the the broken hearts, if you will, the healing of relationships, the healing work that needs to happen of going back into damage that's been done to us or abuse that we've experienced, and the healing that God can bring in that the mending that God can bring to our hearts and to our soul. But God's mission calls us to look for the bigger promise of healing also that needs to come where, there are, where we stumble across things that we would simply call injustice or, or perhaps broken systems, broken system, broken economic systems that reward some and marginalize others, broken social systems that keep some people lifted up and others put down, broken financial systems, certainly broken racial and ethnic systems, broken educational systems, where your children in District 203 and 204 get a far superior education at the public level than children in, this, in a Chicago public school. There's something not right about that. Not, it's, not, it's okay that your kids get a good education, but there's something not right in some of the systems that, that we deal with. 
And so we look at the, the need for healing in deeper places, not so much the healing specifically of schools, but something or a culture that rewards some with an easy, comfortable life and marginalizes others or overlooks those who are broken when lifting up those who appear to have it together. Our God is a healing God. And to say all those things and to barely scratch the surface on it can be very overwhelming. And altogether it is overwhelming, but God gives to each of us unique gifts, talents, and interests. God gives each of us things that trouble our spirits to say, that's the one thing I want you to work on there. And I believe God speaks that to his churches as well. And as we opened up the question about, do we do a traditional VBS this summer or not? We named all the wonderful things about VBS, and we're going to miss some of those things. But we also found God pushing us towards the community more and seeing opportunities to say, there are things happening within a mile of this church where we can perhaps build some relationships and have a deeper impact with those at the end of life at Alden Care Center and those whose lives are coming together as elementary school students and all the families involved as well. And so God is saying, Naperville Covenant, here's another little place now. Here's there's another niche that I want you to respond to. We're just learning. We're still just figuring this thing out. But we can make a difference if we listen and if we respond. And that's where we're headed this summer. On the back of your outline, there's a, there's a big X, as in marks the spot, right? <laughs> there was something else on the A&E page on Friday that I thought was hilarious. It's talking about the newest X-Men movie. It says not, Michael Phillips says it's not good. It's sort of X-Men. I thought that was funny. Um, but this X is much more than uh, meh. When we're talking about Christ. We're going to go back to the X now. <laughs> X is a sign for Christ. The, the, the name for Christ in Greek is Christos, and it starts with an X. And so when you write Xmas, you're not being a horrible, secular, atheist, humanist pig, okay? It's actually a symbol for Christ. It's okay to write Xmas. I said so, but um, that's not the issue this morning. It's a symbol for Christ. Um, but I want, it to look, I want us to look at that X today as, as two Vs, okay, on, 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 on top of each other, one uh, upright and one upside down. The top one, this V, is considered that we, it points out to the great God of the universe, the God who has created all things and the God who is redeeming all things, the God who is all power, all knowing, omniscient. And yet this is a God who focuses his mission right down to you. <laughs> or sometimes I look at this, the entire history and what God is doing and all of God's purposes comes down to the Christ event even, to Jesus who came for you. So this is this is this is God and in, in, in His expansive mission coming down to this place, and then and yet then when it opens up, that is through the ministry of Christ and through you and me. Now is this ministry that goes out to the world. This is God's mission to us, and then God's mission through us. We join God in this expansive mission to the world. On the back side of that outline is a, is a little timeline. It has birth at one end and today at the other end. And on that timeline, I've also asked a couple questions here, and they'll be here up on the screen. I want you to do some thinking here as we finish up in a few moments here. First of all, of God's mission to you, to think of uh, when is the time you first remember being aware of God? It might not be the time you came to Christ. Kathy shared with us that she came to Christ in high school, but obviously she was aware of God's goodness when she memorized Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 in Awana in third grade. 
When's the first time you remember being aware of God? Then certainly the time when you maybe prayed a prayer or were aware of that relationship with him. Where are the times when you've been keenly aware of God's presence? Where are the times when God has showed up for you and you realize that he is working to you and speaking through you and in you? That's God's mission to you. And then secondly, it's God's mission through you. Looking at the times where you have, God has opened up your eyes to the world around you. Times that he's put things on your heart where you know he's calling you to action on behalf of another. Times you've cared for others, reached out to the hurting, acted perhaps on an injustice, no matter how small or big it might seem. Times when you've had the opportunity to share the good news of Jesus. We just take a moment here to reflect then on God's mission to us and through us. And then finally, as you think of God's mission through you, ask, what would he have you do this summer? It might be connecting with some of the programming we're doing at Alden the next couple Sundays, or with our friends at Scott School in July and in August. Even the garage sale is taking on great missional proportions as we put that together and speak out to our community. But it might be something completely different from what the church program is doing, and that's okay. If God's saying, you know, your neighbors are finally outside, these are the weeks of good weather, that neighbor you've been meaning to meet, the one you watch struggling with their snowblower, Go out now that they're struggling with their lawnmower. It's nicer outside. The new neighbor, the plate of cookies. You can buy cookies if you don't bake. Doesn't matter really. It's the connection that matters. What might God be calling you to do this summer as he works his mission through you and to make connections? Let's spend just a few moments in silence reflecting on that and then I'll close in prayer. Holy God, we thank you for this gift of life that you have given to us. That we are here because you are a God with a mission. You have created us. You've created us uniquely. You've gifted us. You've empowered us. You've saved us. You have done your work of reconciliation in us. And we give you thanks and praise for that. Lord, we thank you for the excitement of looking outward. And that you've put in us a a need to, to do something with what you've done in us. And so I pray for each of my sisters and brothers now. That as we look ahead into the weeks of summer, we will see those opportunities for rest, for fun, for travel. But we will be open to what you're doing through us as well. We bring these, Lord, before you and we commit ourselves to it. In the name of Christ, our Savior. Amen.